0: Good morning everyone, good morning, Um, welcome, welcome, this morning um, is our mission Sunday service, so um, welcome, it's going to be a little bit different this morning, Um, we're going to have lots of different faces coming up here, so it won't just be looking at me, Um, the mission team are going to come and talk about the different missions that we're working with um, at BESSELS. We're going to hear some people's stories. We're going to hear some of the Bible verses that um, have inspired them. And we're going to see how World Mission is rooted in the Bible and how it shapes our understanding for God's heart for this work. We're going to start this morning with a song, um, which I think captures really well um, our ideas about World Mission. Um, In particular, this line at the end of verse 1 which is you invite us to partner with you to see your kingdom come. And it's this idea that we're going to be thinking about a little bit more today, Um, God's kingdom on earth. So let's let's all sing together. Uh, Bring heaven to earth, we are blessed. And please do stand if you're able. Thank you. So today, what is world mission? When Charlie asked me to consider becoming a deacon for World Mission, um, I have to admit I was a little bit unsure. Um, partly because life is busy, yeah? I wasn't sure I'd do a good job. Um, but partly because I wasn't actually sure what World Mission meant. Um, the first thing that came into my mind was sort of the images of, of missionaries, of paternalistic preachers with natives sitting around, sitting respectively, Listening with the primary and exclusive function of mission being evangelism. And and I've always felt very uncomfortable with this idea of people from the West going out to civilise and save people's souls. Um, With a little bit more discussion and with some more reading, um, I found a very alternative view of mission that it should be defined as engaging with social justice. And I thought, okay, that's something I can get on board with a little bit more. Um, As with most things, um, I came to understand, really, that world mission is is both of these things. John Stott wrote a book, um, originally released 40 years ago, but was um, recently republished, which was called Christian Mission in the Modern World. And Stott suggests that we should understand mission as a partnership of evangelism and social actions In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And as Stott rightly points out, Jesus' ministry was a ministry of words and deeds, of evangelism and service, and not just one or the other. When we think about mission in Western culture, we often think about the narrative in the Bible, and it's about we as humans, about our souls, finding their way to God's world, into heaven above. Whereas, in fact, Bible story is about God, the creator, making a world that he wants to live with, with us. So we've often imagined that our goal and the goal of mission is to try and persuade people of some spiritual truths so they can be spiritual people and end up going to a spiritual heaven Instead of which, the Bible really is about real life. It's about God coming into the midst of real life through Jesus and the Spirit. Um, I think what's helpful is when we think about the Lord's Prayer. And within that, Jesus taught us to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So turning around that narrative from escaping from earth to heaven, but God's purpose being to dwell with us, it's a prayer that's grounded in earthly change. Your kingdom come. It's a prayer that we need to see come true in specific places or else it loses its purpose. So it needs to be a prayer we take personally and a prayer that we want to see through and that we want to see heaven's demonstration here on earth. And God is calling us into partnership with him to bring his kingdom to earth. So today we're going to look at how we're doing this at Bessel's Green um, in the specific places that we support our core missions to work. We'll see how it's rooted in the Bible by looking at some Bible verses and we will hear more from our mission partners and we'll see what it's like when we see God's kingdom values put into practice in the missions that we're working with. And as we learn more about the people that are involved in these missions, we'll see the reality of this prayer coming true in the lives of Christ's followers. So we're going to focus today um, on our core missions. Um, Those that we actually give a regular amount to um, from our mission budget um as a geographer i love a map and within our first planning meeting we all agreed we need a map so we have a map of where our core missions are Um, you'll probably spot actually that on this map menina dancer isn't there because menina dancer actually isn't one of our core missions even though we do support them a lot and we support them um some of you might have come a few a month ago or so to to visit the dance that they did um but we're going to focus on our core missions, um, so I'm going to hand over, um, we're going to start with Guinea-Bissau, which um, is here in the side of West Africa, and I'm going to hand over to Margaret, who's going to share a little bit about her life and how she's been involved in mission um, from, from a very early age, um, and how she's partnered with God working in, in her life, and also talk to us about Father Joachim. Pastor Joachim in in Guinea-Bissau. Margaret's just recovering from a knee operation, so thank you so much for coming today. So she's going to stay seated, um, but I'm going to move the slides on. But first, over to Margaret, and if you can tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be involved. Thank
1: you. Good morning, and apologies for my back, but it probably looks better than my front. (laughs) On reflection, mission is deeply rooted in my DNA. I was born 89 years ago to a humble, missionary-minded family who prayed for and constantly entertained missionaries from around the world. I first trained in Dr. Bernardo's. Now he was a man who was on his way to China as a missionary before he saw the need of abandoned children in London. I attended missionary-minded churches, included TRC Chapel in London from where I went to Brazil in 1971 to work with the Wycliffe Bible Translators. I had the privilege of working alongside many great national missionaries, including Pastor Ernesto and his wife Josefina, who many of you met when they came to the UK to represent Betel Children's Home. And as we've heard, about Matt Roper and Menina Dancer and the Brazilians working on the front line. And, of course, Pastor Joaquin, who was a student of mine in Brazil in 1995. He then invited three of us to give a scripture use and transcultural education course in Bissau, and we went back several times to help. We have remained friends and learnt a lot from each other over these 30 years. Of course, it's all been done in Portuguese. I hope this may inspire you and your family to continue to be involved in mission, whatever age you are, because each of us has a mission field just where we are. And we could be remembered as a facilitator in the future, or maybe a Dr. Bernardo, or a Pastor Ernesto or Josefina, or even Pastor Joaquin. My particular passion is to facilitate and support national missionaries like Pastor Joaquin working in their own countries. Now, they know the language and the culture. They don't need an, a visa to operate, nor do they need a furlough. Joaquin asked me to thank you for partnering with him and his church over the years, enabling them to do extraordinary things with God's help. He sent me a long list of benefits, and I will only be able to mention some of them in this short presentation, showing how our support has made such a difference to hundreds of lives and livelihoods. Back in 2017, we raised enough money to buy this pickup. The church. It has made an enormous difference. Every day it's used to carry people and goods. It enables him to visit remote villages and spread the gospel and has helped in so many other ways. It's encouraged church growth, church planting in outlying villages, and the digging of several freshwater wells in remote communities. Anna runs this clinic the only one for miles around, and it's provided health support for this remote community who would otherwise not have got any help at all. Our Christmas offering helped the church to buy solar panels, to power pumps, to irrigate crops. Now, we paid for Pastor Joe King to do a faith and farming course in Senegal at the end of last year. From January this year, He's trained over 100 facilitators to lead faith and farming training across his region, combining Bible teaching with practical agricultural knowledge. And these courses are having an amazing impact. I've lost my pigs, but you all, some of you are very interested in the pigs and you will see that um, not only have they got pigs and had four piglets they've been able to sell and they've been able to buy some more um, sows to make, to pr- make it project um, continuous. Now, before our help, ladies, now listen, ladies, you had to bash the rice that they grow by hand in order to dehusk it. It took hours of heavy labor and gave them bruised hands. Now the rice husking machine does it all for them, and so quickly. They have waited years for this joy. They can spend more time with their families and sell rice earlier and at a higher price. In Guinea-Bissau, it's men who own cattle and purely for cultural sacrifice. But with education and encouragement, four women have just invested in their own cows, making a sort of cooperative. This means they can independently raise money for their families. Pastor Joaquin has taught them well from Proverbs 31 about the wife of noble character. Look it up when you go home. Finally, Joaquin says, because our supporters encourage church growth, it has attracted young people by the activity, energy, and liveliness of the growing church communities. They are the future leaders of the church. Joaquin stresses that none of this would have been possible without our support, and especially the Christmas offering. Our partnership with Guinea-Bissau has touched hundreds of lives. It's created jobs and skills, generated income and industry, provided healthcare, schools, education, and fresh water in remote communities. It's helped grow the church. Children here are reading and hearing God's word, not in Portuguese, but in their own language, Balanta. It's helped God's kingdom come. Now, this is my aside. I believe that we may also have saved Pastor Joachim's life, He suffers from many medical conditions, diabetes, poor circulation requiring stents and serious generic eye problems. Many of you individuals have provided medicine and treatment for him, and he is very grateful. So from the bottom of his and my heart, thank you all for your faithful partnership. God bless you. Mission needs folk like you and me to support Facilitate and pray for Pastor Joaquin and everyone else on their front lines. May we continue to do so. Thank you.
2: Thank you, yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you Margaret. Um, we're going we're gonna to zoom back to England now, um, and to somewhere much closer to home, um, to Ebsfleet. And I'm going to hand over to Claire, who's going to talk to us a little bit about Ebsfleet. Thanks, Claire.
3: Great. Thanks, Judy. Um, so I'm going to give you an update on our mission partner, the Ebsfleet Baptist Church. As many of you will remember, their Minister Penny Marsh came to talk to us here at the end of September to tell us about the new church plant that she and her team have been setting up there. So the church is in Ebbsfleet Garden City, which is a new housing project. There's currently about 4,000 houses, um, and there's going to be 15,000 within the next 10 years. So the official launch of the new church was in February of this year. So as Penny said, it was quite a daunting experience, but also a really exciting step forward for them. The new church is going from strength to strength with the numbers attending increasing slowly but surely, Um, as well as the service and activities on Sunday mornings. There are lots of regular activities throughout the week, including Mondays, and um, providing plenty of um, opportunities for the new community to engage and to connect with each other, and um, importantly, to encounter God's word together as well. So I know that Penny and her team are very grateful for all of our support here, and they take great encouragement from us being mission partners with them. Penny sent through a video uh, to update us on what they've been up to, uh, what they're doing at the moment in the run-up to Christmas, um, and also to um, show us around a bit, which is great. So um, over to Penny on the video.
4: Good morning and greetings from Epstein Baptist Church. My name is Penny Marsh, if you haven't met before, and I'm the minister here. I want to thank you so much for your support for us, both financially, but also the prayer and the interest that you give us means an awful lot. I'm here in the square now because I thought you'd like to see where we were going to be focusing some of our Christmas events. On the 10th of December, we will be hiring a big van with massive LED screens and PA and we're taking it to four different locations around the area with a pre-recorded carol service. A carol service that includes three different primary schools and um, our own children. 30 children have come together to record a nativity, plus a short message from me and carols and our new community choir as well. So it's quite a big thing um, and I'd really value your prayers that it is effective in sharing the good news of Christmas. The other reason I'm here is that actually this is one of those places where actually a lot of things happen. It will be where we finish our pop-up carols. Um, behind over here is the community centre. That's where we meet each Sunday. And then behind me here is the Blue Bean Coffee Shop, and that's one of my favourite places. That is such a good place to encounter, meet people um, both spontaneously and arrange meetings. And there's a lot of good conversations happen in this area. So please would you continue to pray for us. We want people to hear and respond to the good news of Jesus. We want to see lives transformed with his love. And we want to see this community transformed with the kingdom of God. Thank you for partnering with us and uh, God bless you.
0: Um, we're going to stay in, in the UK, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Worth Unlimited, who've got um, projects in all of these different locations um, through the country. Um, worth Unlimited are a Christian organization. Um, they work with young people. Um, throughout Jesus' life, he role-modeled and he taught about human worth, about dignity, compassion, generosity, community and mutual responsibility. And following this, Worth Unlimited, they, they seek to work for this common good. They talk a lot about the common good and their understanding of this is shaped by the Hebrew concept of Shalom. Shalom for Worth Unlimited is a picture of the world as it should be, a world characterized by hope, by harmony, by community, by well-being, wholeness and justice. Uh, They've prepared this video for us, so let's watch the video and see um, what they've been doing and what our mission contribution has gone towards. Thank you. Great, thank you. I think that gave us a really lovely insight into into Worth and some of the work um, that they're doing. As I was preparing for the service, I I came across a quote, which is quite often attributed to Francis of Assisi, but it, it says, "'Go out and preach the gospel.'" Use words if you need to, which I thought was a really, um, really good quote for worth and what they're doing. They really are um, showing what God's kingdom's values looks like um, in in our world in England. We're going to sing again, um, so back over to the music group. Right, we are going to travel again. And my map might come up. Oh, we're not traveling that far, sorry. Um, we are travelling this far, um, to Eastern Europe. Um, Carol is our wonderful champion for Hospices of Hope, but she's um, not feeling so well today. So Rick very kindly has stepped in at the last minute. Um, So Rick, over to you to talk to us a little bit more about Hospices of Hope.
5: Thank you, everybody. I'm a very poor replacement for the energetic uh, championing of hospices folk that uh, Carol Ford does, but I'm a trustee of the organisation, and so let me just begin by saying thank you to all of you. This church has been a big supporter of Hospices of Hope and indeed in just two weeks time I think uh, Graham Paroles who's the founder of the organization will be here to launch our Christmas appeal which this year is for children in Ukraine, children who are dying and children who are being supported by our hospice there. But um, Today, um, I just want to remind you of the six countries that uh, Hospices of Hope are working uh, in through their their partners, Romania, Albania, can I do it without looking, uh, Serbia, uh, Moldova, where I'm going to be in two weeks myself, with Graham actually, um, and uh, the Ukraine, and Greece. Very few of these countries have any understanding of hospice care. They have almost no government support. We are the only organisation that is caring for people who are dying of cancer. Now, we're all familiar in this area with hospice care and what it does, and some of us sadly will have experienced it for our loved ones. We know how important it is. But in the countries where we're working, it is still largely unknown except for the work that Hospices of Hope have done. You've heard how many people they've trained. What may surprise you is that quite a lot of our patients are children. Children who inevitably have complex diseases, which is causing them to have short lives. Can you imagine the impact on parents when you have a baby or a toddler or a teenager um, who's going to die. Uh, I'll tell you what happens in these countries. These children are largely abandoned. They're just basically dumped by the medical profession. And the impact on the parents is incredible. So one of Graham's visions was to get a derelict farm on the edge of Bucharest in Romania. And I told him I thought he was crazy when he got it. But a few years later and a few million euros later, he's transformed it into a children's centre for children with life-limiting illnesses and for their parents. And every summer, as you've heard, they have an amazing series of camps where the kids come with their siblings and their mums and they just have a fabulous fun week. You're going to see a video in a minute from Immy Young, that's um, uh, Carol's uh, granddaughter. She went as a volunteer there and she'll just tell us what it was like working with these children and just being a beacon of light for them. So have a look at this lovely video she's made.
6: Hi, my name is Immy and for the last two summers I have been a volunteer with Hospices of Hope Summer Camp. Um, I'm sure most of you know what the charity already does, but it's a charity that works with terminally ill or chronically ill patients in southeastern Europe. I think what sets Hospices of Hope apart um, as a charity is that they're very holistic in what they do. It's not just about the physical health of the children um, or or patients, although that's obviously a huge factor, but it's also um, they care about the mental, emotional, spiritual and social needs um, of the patients which just sets them apart in terms of what their um, focus is and what their aim is. Romania doesn't often have systems or opportunities in place if you are a child with a terminal illness. So Hospices of Hope is one of the few places that children can get this sort of care and attention. Um, within the summer camps, they get to do different activities. They get to go on trips that they wouldn't necessarily do. Just get to play games with each other, um, hear Bible stories, do craft activities. Um, and that, your job is really just to help facilitate all of those things. Um, The parents also get a break so it's a really great time for um, the families. This was one of my favourite parts of last year was just getting to see the mums show us what they've been up to in the week so they were doing different craft activities and had different workshops and they got to show us them and their pride in that um, was really powerful because so often and it's mainly mums their identity can be consumed with caring for the child so it was really great to get to see them do something really different. It's not just a great time for the families, but it's also a great time for the volunteers. Um, I knew only one other volunteer my first year, so it was quite daunting to go into that. But you really become a team by the end, and some of the um, volunteers uh, I'm really now uh, close friends with. Um, the biggest blessing is the children and their joy, and how it encourages me to, um, and challenges me to remain joyful no matter what's happening. Um, the kids are such a joy, and they have such joy that it just like shines out of them. And yes, it's definitely an encouragement um, to be joyful in all circumstances. If anyone wants examples of some of the children's stories, I would encourage you to go onto the YouTube page and watch some of the Hospices of Hope videos. So I'd really encourage you to go and have a look at them and just get more information about what it would look like. Um, To anyone considering going on a trip, I just would really encourage you to do so. Keep thinking about it, keep praying about it. Um, It's a really amazing time and... It's, it challenges you, it pushes you outside. It's not something I'd ever done before. I am no medical background at all, um, but it's something anyone can do. And I think this narrative that you oh, you have to be strong to work with um, ill children. And obviously to some extent, you couldn't like cry all the time, but you wouldn't. It's such a joyful time and you're not, like, there are some hard moments, it can be tiring but it's so worth it. There are no requirements as a volunteer except that you are over 16. So yeah, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not at times. It can be quite tiring and occasionally quite hard, but overall, it's so, so worth it. How's all
5: those of you who are over 16? No, don't bother. <laughs> So you could all be eligible. We would love our young people to form a team and and go across to Romania next year. But it doesn't have to be young people. It could be anybody. And uh, you may know that Craig Coston, a former member of this church, has led two weeks of these Romanian camps. So that's a lovely way that we can partner with Romania. Um, uh, Judy asked me, she said, why why are you passionate about mission in in, Romania? in the the hospice world and partly it's my my own personal connection with uh, the Eleanor Foundation which was in Dartford and from that came Hospices of Hope but also you know as a parent we all love our children and I think all of us um, if we are parents can feel what it must be like to have a child who's so desperately ill. All of our hearts would go out to them and Caring for people who we can't cure is what Hospices of Hope does. And that leads me to our Bible passage, which is very focused on that, really. It's from Matthew, chapter 25, verses 34 and following. Then, this is Jesus speaking, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison, you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Well, you all know the answer, don't you? You know what Jesus says, he says something which through 2000 years of Christian history has inspired people to go out, inspired mission at home and abroad. He says, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of your brothers and sisters, you did for me.
0: Thank you, Rick. Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. We are going to continue our journey, um, as well as our core missions. Um, As a church, we respond when there are crises in the world. Um, The most recent of these has been the situation in Israel and um, the occupied Palestinian territories. We responded to the Turkey-Syria earthquake, um, and as a church through giving, we raised six thousand three hundred and seventy-five pounds through the church, and I'm sure that was in addition to people that donated directly to the DEC. For Ukraine, we raised just over seventy-eight thousand pounds, which is an incredible amount. As most of you know, I work for Christian Aid, um, and I work in their humanitarian department. Um, So I guess I'm the mission champion for this area of our work. I was in Ukraine um, a little while ago, and I wanted to share with you um, this video that I helped make last time when I was in Ukraine, which really shows really well the challenges that people are dealing with and the strong faith that they have um, despite these challenges, which I found really inspiring. Um, when I was leaving, um, Ivan, who you will see in the video, he gave me this T-shirt. It was a bit too cold to wear it today. But with Ukraine on the front but then on the back the bible verse that Rick has just shared with us um, because it's so relevant I think to the work that they are doing there Um, so we're going to watch a video um, which is going to show us a little bit about Yvonne if you watch really closely you might see a cameo appearance from me Um, so over over to the video thank you
7: Founded by British and Irish churches in 1945 to help people displaced by the Second World War, Christian Aid worked with partner churches in mainland Europe to provide emergency supplies to those in desperate need. 75 years later, Christian Aid is once again working with church partners in Europe to support those displaced by conflict. Earlier this year, while Ukraine Eurovision Act took to the stage in Liverpool, Russian missiles struck Chernobyl, the performer's hometown. The attack reduced warehouses to ashes, including that of Christian Aid's local partner, Light of Reformation. At 14 May, uh, our city, Chernobyl, was attacked by Russian missiles uh, and our warehouse uh, was burned down. Everything was inside, uh, was uh, destroyed and uh, it will be a very big a problem for us, but uh, God helped in these moments for many people and we restart our ministry and we restart uh, what we did doing before and now continue to serve people. Uh, Russians never cannot take from us our desire to serve people in this because we're doing this for glory of Jesus Christ. Why it's not possible to take away from us our happiness, with inside in us, not on the our house, not the our churches, but this is happiness inside with the Jesus. ternopil is a quiet, uh, small city in the western part of Ukraine. It's uh, many uh, small enterprises, um, uh, self-employed people live here, uh, but at wartime uh, they change. Uh, Their life and start to support our forces and support many refugees who run from the east to the west. Uh, it was a difficult time, but it's uh, this problem uh, make us bravery, make our city more open to the needs of all, all Ukraine. Facing that, it us strange to continue uh, our. Uh, and our ministry. Uh, we believe that God supports us in everything what we do. Uh, we saw His hands through all our life, and uh, even now, when difficult times, difficult times for our uh, churches, for our city, for all Ukraine, but in these dark times we see how the light of Jesus Christ comes to us and serves us through many people, through his mercy through his love uh, through his uh, grace and this is faith uh, to god in god support us and uh, give us more strength and we are more braver. Thank
2: you my you Дуже гарно прийняв Тернопіль. Слава Богу, що вони нам допомагають. І ми цим живемо і радуємося цьому суму. Звісно, як розстріляли вони цей наш склад, ми були трошечки занепокоєні тим, що, що ж не будемо, хто ж нам буде допомагати. Ну, от. Але молодці, молодці в цьому війському центру працюють вас Вони, да, і по радіо об'явили, що ми постараємося і люди получають. Ми всі дуже благодаримо всіх, хто нам допомагає. Миру нам It was um, I
0: found it truly inspiring seeing how um, how quickly the team rallied after the warehouse was hit, um, how quickly they found a new warehouse, they restocked with the, the food that they'd been distributing. Um, when I was there, I went to church with Ivan on the Sunday. Um, you saw a brief clip of it in there. Um, they meet in an old office building, um, but it's bursting with people. Um, they have so many people that have been displaced from the frontline areas that are there. Um, Obviously, I didn't understand anything because it was all in Ukrainian. I did have someone translating a little bit. Um, But at one point, we sang um, one of the worship songs. um, And it's the song that we're going to sing next. Um, I sang quietly along in English. Um, The experience was just incredibly moving to me. I was surrounded by people who had fled their homes, who'd witnessed unspeakable things, and they were just trying to survive... In a new place. Um, And and the song, the words of this song, um, I really did feel true in that moment. I really did feel that God was moving in our midst, that he really was working in that place and being a light in the darkness, as Ivan talks. Um, So let's let's all sing the song together. Ukrainian friends, feel free to please sing it along in Ukrainian. Um, We're going to sing together and stand and sing Waymaker. Thank you, everyone. Your kingdom come. I found this this quote as I was preparing, um, which, which I liked from the speaker, John Ortberg, who interprets your kingdom come in this way. Many people think our job is to get my afterlife destination taken care of and then tread water until we all get ejected and God comes back and tortures this place. But Jesus never told anyone, neither his disciples nor us, to pray, get me out of here so I can go up there. His prayer was, make up there, come down here. Make things down here run the way they do up there. There are two things at the heart of the prayer, your kingdom come, which are asking and volunteering. And when we pray this line in the Lord's Prayer, we're actually asking something. Lord, what do you want? How can I serve you? How is God calling me to partner with you? We're supporting some amazing missions here at Vessels, as you've seen, and thank you to our mission champions um, who've talked to us today. They they do a wonderful job and they keep us informed about what's happening with our mission partners. Um, Our partnership with Worth Unlimited has been championed wonderfully by Alison and Ian Garden, um, who I can't see today, Um, but they were connected to the charity through their daughter, Debbie, Um, who worked there, and I would really like to thank them for holding this partnership with them and championing their really important work. Debbie has now left the organisation, and Alison and Ian have stepped down as champions. Um, As we have been supporting Worth for a number of years now, it feels like perhaps it is a natural time, um, now that that connection is lost, that it might be time to start working with a new mission partner. Um, So... This is my question to you as our congregation. Is there another mission that you do feel passionate about um, that you would like to champion um, to become our new core mission? Um, If there is, please do come and talk to me or talk to one of the mission team afterwards. When we're thinking about how we can serve, I also do want to highlight again the opportunities to be a volunteer at one of the Hospices of Hope summer camps. Um, If anyone's been inspired by the video, um, please also do come and talk to myself or to Carol or to Rick, um, and we will think about whether or not we can have a team going out from vessels. But for many of us, our mission is not about getting on a plane. Um, It's right here. It's where we live. It's where we work. It's where we love. Um, It's every day in our front lines, as Emma was talking about um, we're going to finish singing a hymn, um, We Seek Your Kingdom. It's a beautiful song. Um, it might be new to some of you, but it's written to the familiar um, tune of Abide with Me. Um, and I hope the song will resonate and I hope it will stay with you as you ask this question this week How, Lord, can I serve you? So, to the musicians, thank you very much.